live uh, from <laughs> Puddle Town. It's yet another Manic Monday edition of Business Pants. Puddle Town. You didn't get a lot of rain where you were. I we did. I just had no idea. There was no reference. There's no context for that. <laughs> does, it, does there any reference Puddle or context Town. to anything I say? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's usually arbitrary at best. Joined today by the Lord of the BS, Board Saber Metrics, and Bullshit, Matt Muscardi. Oh, how dare you. In today's squawk box called May 1st, 2023, that's May Day, sexy story updates and banks. Oh, lots of banks. More banks? The banks just won't go away. Well, Matt, you're promising me a two-page... Oh. Ah. You're promising me a big report on... The latest bank failures. Let's so, say so not don't, big. So Let's don't say ah. Uh. Okay, okay. Well, but still, where where are we going to find that? By the way, before Free we get going. Freefloat.llc. Okay. You can get a quick or hot take. If you want to know what I'm going to say, if you want to read what I'm going to say on yeah. this show, that's, it's already up. This is it's the already place up. to do it. No, no, no. We're, oh. we're formatting it now. It'll be up by the sh- time the show's up. You ready? Oh, in which case, yes, it's already up. <laughs> ready for this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's do this thing. It does make me excited. That music does make me excited. If your name is Vivek Ramaswamy, you'd be proud of me today. And Vivek wouldn't be because I did a lot of self-editing. Um, Vivek, <laughs> Vivek, Vivek needs to self-edit. He just starts talking and doesn't stop. He did go on in our in our nanosecond vivic update yeah um he was on msnpc with chuck todd in which you pulled the greatest headline that he's given yet which is vivic ramaswamy plans on replacing the fbi with the fbi yeah the 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 world's number one anti-esg crusader also when asked how he was going to reach both sides of the aisle in the country responded by talking about how trans people have a mental illness like that was his <laughs> that was his I'm, I'm not i'm not kidding you that was his i know you're not immediate answer so this is the the shape and form and face of the anti-esg crowd let's move we're on we're gonna on. bridge the that, divide th- Go. let's edit that out we weren't here no, to talk never. about vivek ramaswamy how never, dare you ever first story monday morning uh oh man a fed report on the svb collapse silicon valley bank yeah, everyone loves a good Fed report. <laughs> Here's what they cited. Mismanagement. Hello, that's where we come in. <laughs> Woo. Uh, supervisory failures compounded by a dose of social media frenzy. Don't you love that? A dose of social media frenzy. Is that like seven milligrams of social media frenzy? Michael Barr, the Fed's top bank supervisor, said factors included bank executives who committed textbook failures in managing interest rate risk. That's kind of what our take was, no? No. It wasn't? I mean, well, uh, yeah, textbook failures in managing- They had no risk oversight. Well, right. The the managing interest rate risk, I don't think the textbook failure he's talking about Mm -hmm. is- than not having any risk experts. He's saying they didn't bother to manage interest rate risks. They, they they basically took too much interest rate risks. What we said was that it's easy to take more yeah. interest rate risk when you have no risk experts Same or difference. risk influence. Same difference. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's the quote about social media. The combination of social media, a highly networked and concentrated depositor base and technology may have fundamentally changed the speed of bank runs 
Social media enabled depositors to instantly spread concerns about a bank run and technology enabled immediate withdrawals of funding. With all that said, I, I read that they're gonna make they're gonna write that down as a note for future consideration. <laughs> Not really, I'm serious. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed that in nowhere in the report, and I read most of the report, did it say tech bros or founder fetishes or it didn't say that anywhere. It didn't say white Silicon Valley dudes in sandals. Like nowhere did it mention that, and that seems important to me. Next big story, the big story of the morning when we woke up, JP Morgan is buying, I think that's a weird use of the word buying, is buying First Republic Bank after it was taken over by regulators. Uh, this this marks the second largest failure in US, <clears throat> US banking history, First Republic. What was the first? <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> our eventual, eventual failure, that'll be yeah, the largest. I think it is, I think free float. The, the non-bank entity. The FDIC estimated the cost to its deposit insurance fund will be about $13 billion. Here's a quote from Chief Nealer Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan. He said, our government invited us and others to step up, and we did. That's a hero oh. moment. He's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he actually is famously on the record of saying he's not that interested in, in doing it again because he got held over a barrel during the financial crisis in some ways. He also said this, and I, and I want to know if you believe this. Uh, he said, this acquisition modestly benefits our company overall. <laughs> I mean, this... this this is a major win for J.P. Morgan. No, they're going to be able to turn this into to buckets of money. No, I, I, I legitimately don't think they wanted this. Okay, I, don't, I I think they I think the FDIC said you're the Felt only one the who can afford this. Okay, so come in and do it, and they didn't really want it. They already are in in with First Republic because the a number of banks already shored up the you know they gave them what thirty billion dollars. Um, so they already sort of shored up the balance sheet, and J.P. Morgan is not actually taking all of the assets or liabilities. That was important. Yes, yeah, taking none of the debt, right, or the the liabilities, right? They uh, they are they are no, they'll take the liabilities in a bank are the deposits. So they okay. are going to take the deposits, right? But they but there are certain assets that J.P. Morgan was not interested. Oh, in. Oh, you mean like the little pen like holders, some and of the, the candy long, dishes. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they took none of the. They didn't want like the non-glossy copy paper. They only <laughs> use glossy copy paper. Yeah, because First Republic bought that shit from Staples. I know. I mean, who uses Staples anymore? You just get the Amazon stuff. Beforehand, after you, I wanted to also note that this is a, a also represents another delicious, probably glass glass cliff CEO moment. Maybe. Oh yeah, the, that would be great. The acquired first. This I'm calling this a co glass. Cliff CEO moment. The acquired First Republic businesses will be overseen by J.P. Morgan Chase's consumer and community banking co-CEOs Marianne Lake and Jennifer Peepshock. So two women. Oh. A co-glass cliff <laughs> CEO moment. Good luck with that. Wow, that has never happened in the history of glass cliff CEOs. Can you imagine never that text? Too. Imagine that text from Jamie early in the early in the morning. We're handing this this shit pile over to you. <laughs> this, this is your problem. Yeah, now. I don't want it, but you got it now. All right, Matt. What do you have, uh, J.P. Morgan? All right, here's what I got. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. And Ooh, this a drum is, roll! Wow. Yeah. Um. <laughs> though, well, there's no there's no punchline. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> All right. Here's what I got. Um. There were a hundred. We've covered a lot of this mm -hmm. um, when SVB collapsed, but there are 168 
large U.S. publicly traded banks. Yeah. Um, on them, there are nearly 2,800 souls. 2,800 people sit on the boards of those banks. That's a it's, lot. That's actually, company-wise, that's a lot of board members. What's the, the a, average board size is, like, is like eight, right? Yeah, that's, well, the average company has about eight, and there were very few duplicates. There are a couple, I think there were about 10 or 12 that sit on multiple banks of that cohort. But it's not very many. Mm-hmm. Um, and of those, 2,800 people, that's a high school worth of people, mm-hmm. 102 are risk experts. <laughs> wow. 102. That's, wow. 4% of the Jesus. stewards of, of the banking system in the United wow. States have a background in anything resembling bank risk. It's almost, 4%. As, if, it's almost as if you're in the career the career offices at your local school when you're studying to be a risk expert, they're telling you maybe you don't want to become a risk expert because it makes you less likely to be hired at a bank. (laughs) You'll never get a job. So I'm going to dissuade you from being a risk expert (laughs) if you want to work at a bank. (laughs) Work at something else. So do something else. Um, uh, These risk experts, a hundred of them, sit on 66 banks. So hmm. now you, if you can Ooh. do quick math, it yeah. means there are a few of it. these banks did it. <laughs> that have more than one. They're oh, hoarding boy. the risk experts, okay? It's 102 scary banks, yep. To put it another way, less than half of the entire U.S. banking system has at least one risk expert Jeez. on their board. It's wow. 39% mm-hmm. overall. First Republic, let's get to First Republic. Yeah. 70% of their deposits were uninsured, roughly, or a little less than 70%. They fit the profile of a bank that had no risk experts. Okay. And they had a twist in that they actually had a risk committee um, and they stacked the committee with people who have no business overseeing bank oh, risk wow. at all. Okay. They included a professor in organizational psychology. Mm-hmm. He basically says, he talks about leadership a lot. Okay. The head of a resale apparel company Oh, and wh- an what? affordable healthcare foundation CEO. Okay, so those if, that was the bank risk committee at First Republic. So a do-gooder, someone uh, selling old Yeezys, and a professor, like a <laughs> an old bearded <laughs> that is, professor. The, uh, that is roughly correct. <laughs> um, the risk committee members had a staggeringly low twelve percent wow. combined board influence. Okay. Doesn't surprise Com- compared to 42% of the board influence that was owned by executives alone. The executives own 42% is the, of the influence. Is the, uh, I'm going to take the, the moron's approach here, which I do for everything I do, which, which is this. Is my assumption based on this reporting is that having a risk export, a risk expert will cut down on short-term gain, right, for executives, right? I mean, is that what I'm sensing here? So like, they're, they're, they're going to make less money if there's if they have more risk oversight. Am I right? That, that was generally, that was the case at SVB, mm-hmm. where the risk experts raised their hand, because they actually had one, and said, not on the risk committee, obviously, right. but they, uh, who said, um, oh, by the way, we're taking a lot of duration risk. What are we doing about that? And they said, we do not want to change that because it will change the stock price. The stock price is about as short term a thought as you can have. And First Republic is not the worst. I can tell you who's the worst. There are other companies who are worse than First Republic, other banks who are Mm -hmm. much worse, including a bank called First Citizens Bank, 
What a first in the bank world. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is. If you name yourself first, you're definitely... I, there's like yeah. 12 firsts. I think can't it, be first. I think it was an old-fashioned notion, like, you know, grandmothers looking up banks and phone books. I think it has something to do with that. Like, the, it's the first one listed or... No, or with, isn't that why there's like a ton of like ABC garage? Yeah, like A-A-A-A-A-A <laughs> locksmith. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A1-1-1-1. Um... The greatest irony is one of the worst banks in our data, First Citizens, not to be confused <laughs> okay. with First Republic, yeah. Uh, okay? Yeah. First Citizens, sure. also tagged with no dedicated risk experts. Wow. 78% of the board influence is executives. Hmm. Two of those executives sit on the risk committee. Oh, lovely. The remaining two members include retired PwC partners who work together at PwC yeah. and a mechanical, like, uh, Parts contractor, well, CEO. I, I will say I should add this though, per the listing exchange requirements, New York Stock Exchange, Nasdaq, SEC, all that stuff. They're not actually doing anything wrong, right? Oh no, per they're not investors themselves. Yeah. They're not doing anything wrong. That, that's the scary part, right? I mean, they're not actually skirting anything. This is just There's okay. This, this is yeah. <laughs> this is just out there. This yeah, is just exactly. what it is. Mm -hmm. But in the greatest irony of all. One of the like three companies or four companies that was worse than First Republic, First Citizens, actually was the buyer for a number of SVB, the oh. now failed Silicon Valley Bank's okay. assets. Well, they, were, they bought sure. them. Okay. According to our data, 97% um, of investors voted for First Citizen board members. 97% on average, four votes. Right, okay. 92% four votes for First Republic. Well, In fact, be, yeah. the average for all the 54 banks that have outsized executive influence and limited risk influence, 93% investor credentials. They love them. Investors I, look, love a good shit show. Let's make the assumption that the investors are doing their due diligence and actually looking mm. in what they're voting for. I'm just going to make the mm. assumption. Okay. that's <laughs> To be fair to them, <laughs> if, the they're making, if they're making... Industry comparisons, looking at their peers, this is how banks operate in the United States. So how do they know what to do? Not all of them. Oh. Take, for instance, J.P. Morgan, oh. now oh. owner of First Republic Bank. Mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan actually has not one but two separate risk experts on their board. Okay. Um, Tim Flynn and Linda Bamman. Bamman is actually the chair of the risk committee, which makes sense for a risk expert. The risk committee at J.P. Morgan has 20% of the board influence. They're all independent non-executives. Nice. And um, executives, which is just Jamie Dimon, have 28% of the influence. Okay. So it's almost balanced. Jamie Dimon so, may rule this board, yeah. but at least he's got powerful advisors. You can be different. So it's almost as is. if in our weird corporate governance nerdy world that there's some Good news, right? This is almost as if this bank should be taking over this other bank. Look, I don't want to shower accolades on Jamie Dimon Too late. and J.P. Morgan. Mm -hmm. um, Jamie, J.P. Morgan's actually what we tagged as a monarchy, which mm -hmm. is um, a situation in which you have executives on the board who are CEOs and chairs with more than 25% of the board influence and such a dispersed shareholder class that you basically... Who's going to fight him? It's a little yeah. king, right? Yeah. Um, so they, they have governance Don't problems. Don't say a little king, in, by the way. <laughs> in that way. Yeah. But the fact is, if First Republic was going to get bought by anybody, at least they got bought by somebody who actually does risk management at a bank. I think we should be appalled that 
4% of directors at banks are risk experts. And let's not forget 4%. Yeah. Let's not forget that Jamie, Jamie Diamond's uh, son-in-law is uh, Joey Romeo. So it, yeah, it, yeah. And it's another re- it's a, he's a Joey Romeo is a different kind of risk expert. You know, so <laughs> so this is also good. We're in good hands here. That's all I'm that's, trying to say. That's true. That's all I got on this. Oh, that's plenty. And, uh, that's uh, honestly, you can't get that data anywhere else. No. So get that here. Uh, let's wrap up my uh, ridiculous headlines. You ready? I love this. This is, now I'm excited. Former CEO of Twitter in the news, uh, Jack Dorsey in the news, criticizing Elon Musk, criticizing what? the direction. Yeah, I know, right? After all this, come on. Uh, criticizing Elon Musk's direction for Twitter, saying he should have walked away and paid a one billion dollar breakup fee. Right? Uh, he was asked if he thought. Elon had been doing the best possible was the best possible leader for Twitter. Dorsey said no. And he also oh, said, "You cannot say no after he, what you did." He also said, "Nor do I think he acted right after realizing his timing was bad. Nor do I think the board should have forced the sale. It all went south." Matt, this is the same guy that said, uh, "Elon is the singular solution I trust. <laughs> I trust his mission." To extend the light of consciousness. <laughs> that was a year ago. Only a year ago he said that about Elon. To take, he also yeah. threw his own board under the bus, mm-hmm. didn't he? He said after he left that his board was like a dysfunctional I group mean, of babies or I, something. Yeah, I guess they label this in the corporate governance world as an absolute shit show. I guess that's what they call oh, it at Harvard, I, I think. I think that is, that's the tag, yeah. Uh, I just want to include this story to make you feel less safe. <laughs> okay? I just want you to get a sense of the, the octogenarians who run our world and don't really understand anything, because I just thought this was cute and folksy. The headline okay. is, Nuke launching AI would be illegal under proposed U.S. law. Okay? This is bipartisan legislation. It's called the Block Nuclear Launch by Autonomous Artificial Intelligence Act. Okay. And it would prohibit the use of federal funds for launching any nuclear weapon by an automated system without meaningful human control. Here's a quote from one of the people backing this legislation. And I just thought this was someone who's completely out of touch with the world. And this is who's trying to save you. Here's the quote. As we live in an increasingly digital age... We need to ensure that humans hold the power alone to command, control, and launch nuclear weapons, not robots. Oh. These are the people, Matt, in charge of saving us by writing a law telling AI that you're not allowed. (laughs) I mean, really, this... I just don't feel safe. I I don't know. I mean, it's like... like I think somebody just watched the first Terminator movie. What like is they this? Li- they I just said <laughs> Skynet could go alive unless we pass legislation that says they can't. As if AI was going to be like, oh, well, AI is going to be thumbing through this legislation. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be like, what? I'm going to get a fine if I launch this nuke. Like, what's going to happen? I, I, what I are just, gonna do? I'm sorry, I had to include that. I just couldn't believe that one. Uh, uh, that was the worst story you've ever pulled. <laughs> Finally, let's wrap up on some uh, nonsensical. Board sabermetrics data, okay? Oh. Okay. I always like to plug our product a little bit, you know, just in case. Right? All right, let's do it. Do you want a theme for it? Uh, uh, what's the most boring music you have? <laughs> That's it? 
All right, there was a article, uh, the 25 richest American families. Okay. <laughs> oh. So, it seems what appropriate. I, what I did is I, I pulled out all the the, the most. Uh, are these 25 families? All 25 of them are attached to some kind of company or you know some kind of corporation. So. What I did was I immediately pulled out all the private families, that's 14, and I focused just on the ones that we cover here, Board Saver Metrics, right? That's 10 families, 10 powerful families. Here's what I found, Board Saver Metrics-wise, okay? Okay. The families on these 10 companies, the 10 richest families in the, you know, in the country, uh, represent 54% of total influence on the board. Does that, does that surprise you? Seem about it seems right. a little low. I thought I would have thought it was like 60 or 70%. Uh, well, here's the funny thing. Uh, of the seven families that are still in control of their empires, they all fall within a 70 to 79% range of influence. They're yeah, all in the sense. 70s. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why? Why the 70s? Well, because, look, the, f- the, the way Board Saber Metrics works is we, we do account for the fact that, like, Peter Thiel mm-hmm. sat in the boardroom with Mark Zuckerberg and was influential. We have to assume that someone in that boardroom is friends with them and might say, hey, Gus, look, I know you want to legislate against AIs, but that's stupid, right? And they might get through to them. Okay. So we just, we have that buffer. Uh, also, the average tenure of these family directors is 18 years compared to seven for the rest of the. So, <laughs> good luck. That's all I'm going to say. Good luck. 18 years. Uh, <laughs> so their tenure can legally vote. That's a really all. It's all, all I really have. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into the weeds on this. I, I, I give I me one weed. Uh, the one weed that I found was that. Uh, 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 okay, the w- give me one weed. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stammer a little bit. Yeah, here's the weed, weed that yeah. I saw. In go your ahead. Yeah, you go ahead. The weed I saw is that they largely are billionaire families in like two industries: mm-hmm. chemicals and food slash booze. Well, what, what we characterize that as basically as drugs. Yeah, it's basically anything that addicts the American thing. consumer. Yeah. <laughs> They've gotten us fat, and then they zap things with chemicals. That's pretty yeah, they much put it, like, right? they, they put makeup on you. They feed you some alcohol. They make you watch TV. Like that's all, that's what they do. It's really that, the most fascinating thing. It was what it says about American family wealth is we've built the wealthiest families in the country by sedating the rest of us in some way. Well, it makes sense in that way. <laughs> I wish I had more. I wish I had more. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I mean, it's a disappointing end to what otherwise know, spectacular <laughs> show. That's all we got. That's Damian Rollis. I'm Matt Muscardi. We are Free Float. If you want that paper, we did a paper on. Yeah, where do they get that? It's not a bank crisis. It's a people crisis. Get it on our website. I'm going to also put it on social and crib it and put it in different places. So look for me or us on social. And it'll probably be in our newsletter at the end of the week or early next week. Until the next show, Corporate Theater tomorrow. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.